<laughs> wow, moving back to my pop's place, what a fucking head trip. The basement always freaked me out when I was a kid. Pops would lock himself down there for hours and hours. I could still hear the screams. This couldn't have happened at a bedtime, I guess. The mortgage on this place has gone through the roof. I like it here, though. I like that this place is filled with murder and suicide. I like these dreams where Roland kills my friends and family. I like the suffering these walls have seen. But my pop's place has power. Power and history. I'm not sure I'm ready for this power yet, but it looks like I have no choice. I miss your pops. I'll be moving home soon. While he was there, the doctors gave him a sex change, and our parents' taxes paid for it. <laughs> Fucking ghosts, right? Fucking, you know, um, I know I've been living in a, a fucking a haunted shopping mall that was underwater for a bunch of months. Um, I don't remember how, it's probably been like a week since I posted one of these, but in terms of recording them, it's been like fucking forever since I've done one of these. They've just been like sprawling out of control so I'm gonna try to keep this one pretty brief and just acknowledge that like living in a post-apocalyptic haunted shopping mall is kind of a trans girl cliche and listening to ghosts who tell you to watch movies like fucking the meat gate. What the fuck is this movie called? I don't even remember. Um, don't listen to ghosts when they tell you what to watch movies. Um, fucking this movie, dude, it, not good like I know sometimes we'll talk about movies as being not good um, this one was really like just not recommended it's it's so here's the deal right they're like these fucking shopping mall ghosts like dude fucking it's a movie about like a satanic cult and this guy inherits his father's like evil religious sect work of killing people in order to uh, like open a portal to hell in his basement or whatever I'm like yeah cool like that sounds great to me, why wouldn't I watch that? And then you put it on and you're like, oh shit, I know all these guys. Like, these are all dudes who live in a town somewhere who like, play, like, they, like, I struggled to differentiate between the dudes in this movie, right? Um, and like, one had a shaved head and like a kind of like, normal like colonizer beard and one had like um, a shaved head, I think, but like, the like dude from Anthrax or like Dimebag Daryl beard, you know what I mean? And then one was like a like skinny dude with a goatee. Just like they're all like these like white dudes um, who looked like they were probably in a, like a new metal band. I forget when this came out, probably like mid 2000s, like 2006 or something. Um, there's a scene where one dude is looking for women to kill and he, he like goes on MySpace and you can see that he's looking at this girl's MySpace profile. Um, which was like the probably, I don't know, when did new metal peak? New metal as opposed to rap metal, what's the difference? Hard to say. I feel like rap metal has rapping in it, where new metal is often just like white guys howling about their pain, um, in a way that like presumes a priori that their pain is like interesting, uh, which and not to get ahead of myself, but this this movie is kind of a masterclass in like how do you tell a story in a way that is not compelling 
You know what I mean? Like that story about the gates of hell and stuff, like, yeah, opening up a gate, like picking up your father's work, like that is interesting to me, but they just like do everything they can to make this movie not compelling. Um, so yeah, wh what was I saying? Dudes being kind of interchangeable despite having like recognizably different features. Um, I just like I couldn't tell what was going on like it seems to be divided up into two parts one I think is in the winter and one is in the spring um, but Like it's just these dudes like murdering women and like spoiler alert. I mean not spoiler alert. Sorry fucking uh, Trigger warning content warning. This is just a movie about killing women and like there are some men who get killed too but it's just like this like gory violent like so much blood just like which again, like, I feel like there is a way to make that compelling, right? You film it in a way either where, like, the dismemberment that's going on is, like, disturbing because you're doing something interesting in terms of special effects, or you film it in, like, a lo-fi, shitty way that, like, is evocative because what you can't do in special effects you, like, make up for in atmosphere or whatever. But instead, this movie, like, and, and you know, it may have been the the movie file that the ghosts showed me but it looked like it was filmed on like iphone ones like it was not it just it looked terrible and it was very clearly being filmed at these dudes like you know suburban like duplexes and i think there's a story in there so like everybody seems to be partaking in the like murdering of women and dismembering them and like you know I, they're like all the kinds of like transgressive stuff that like you would expect from a Slayer song, right? Like there's a point when somebody is ties some missionaries come to this dude's door and the, the missionary dude is clearly like a member of the new metal band that made this movie. Um, except he's trying to have like a nice tone of voice and like pretend to be Christian, but he's also wearing this like Adidas tracksuit with stripes up the back of the hood that's like on over his shirt and tie that's clearly like, he just like is not believable as a, as a missionary guy going door to door, you know what I mean? Um, so like, yeah, so just everybody is like killing and murdering and torturing people and um, one of the ways that the dude like points out that the missionary is wrong about like Jesus being good is he's like, yeah, but what about the Holocaust? And then they show like the kind of like really upsetting Holocaust footage or like pictures that, you know, shitty dudes and shitty bands like to use to make you like think that they're like scraping some like important deep like brutal emotional bottom or something but really you're just like that's just like cheap shock tactics like diminishing what actually happens and when genocide you know what I mean like it's just like there's a way to make the story of the holocaust interesting right and instead they manage not to similarly in this that sounds really dismissive and I don't mean it in that such a dismissive way just like to bring up the point of like when you're showing three quarters of the way through a movie like images of people who are killed in the Holocaust and it's just like it feels like cheap and empty like you're doing something wrong you know what I mean and so like the characters are, or the like actors playing the characters I can't really tell the difference between the characters there's one guy who, I don't know if it's a slur necessarily, but it's a word that I probably wouldn't use for someone who's like 
uh, has developmental disabilities. I don't know. They're like, I guess this guy has like magic powers to open up portals to hell if you do like enough sadistic shit. But it's not super clear what the deal is. And so they're all just doing all this sadistic shit and like killing women and torturing dudes and taking drugs in this way that feels so teenage. Right. And okay. So first I'll talk about why this is a masterclass in taking a story that should be interesting and making it not interesting and then I'll tell you about um oh the sort of the dramatic tension that they like accidentally created right so okay so when we're telling a story whether it's through a movie or you know just words or even a song or whatever right like I think the central question you have to have to ask is like why would anyone care about this right like why would anyone take the time to watch this why would anyone put in the, the effort to read this and there are a lot of ways to answer that question right like uh, because this person has a way with words that's interesting to me that I want to continue to see what words they're gonna use or like because these special effects are cool or because uh, I'm interested in the way that I feel like they might go in portraying the other, right? Or like, you know, because this feels like emotionally resonant to me in a way that other things aren't, or because this portrays a group of people in a way that feels realistic, or like is realistic, like hashtag own voices, like that kind of stuff, right? In a way that feels compelling. There are any number of ways to make a story compelling, but this this movie just feels like it was a bunch of dudes sitting around being like, dude, how fucked up would it be if you like fucked a dead chick? You know what I mean? Like, what you end up getting is sort of unintentionally a bunch of dudes making a movie, and there are women in this movie too, but it doesn't feel like their project necessarily. Maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it feels like a bunch of dudes sort of unintentionally, like, or maybe intentionally, just being like, this is what we think is compelling. Right? And what they think is compelling is like violence against women um, and calling each other like homophobic slurs and just like it, what it ends up doing is being like yet another movie that's inadvertently only like all it's doing is telling us about straight white cis dude masculinity right like here we are again and it's like a slight variation on that that masculinity than we often see it's like feels like the like rap metal or new metal variation and like this is what's fucked up and we're into shit that's fucked up and like we take drugs and we like you know I keep coming back to Slayer because I feel like first of all the vocals on Slayer albums are mixed too high right like I get that they're an important metal band but I just between that and like all the Nazi shit, it's just like, it's, it feels like a masculinity that's different from like a Guns N' Roses masculinity or something where it's like sleazy and about sex, but in a lot of ways, like a lot grosser because it's really just about this like, I'm into torture, I'm into Nazis, I'm into this fucked up shit that like, is fucked up in a way that really is only about saying, this is never gonna affect me and therefore it feels edgy. It feels like me saying, like, playing with something dangerous, but I'm playing with something that is never gonna be dangerous to me, and therefore all I'm really doing is saying, like, he, I'm a bad little boy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it feels like I'm pushing the boundaries of what you can do, but really the boundaries that you're pushing are these, like, same 
boundaries that your grandfather's fucking KKK buddies thought they were pushing. You know what I mean? Like it just feels so consistent with this right wing like bro masculinity that frames itself as like interesting or new or progressive, even if it's like not progressive in the sense of pushing forward like whatever kind of hippie social justice bullshit we usually mean when we say progressive, right? Um, and like progressing in the opposite direction. And so really all you're getting is this like wallowing in the fact that like straight white cis dudes don't have to deal with concern about being dismembered, right? And you even get that in the scene where they're playing pool and the one guy's like calling the other guys homophobic slurs and like all, they're like, there's a scene where nothing really happens except it's guys being assholes to each other by like being like, you suck at playing pool, uh, you're gay, and you do sex work. It's like the whole scene. And so it's, it's just like, I already know this shit. So if that's the thing that makes this story compelling, like specifically, I already know that shit about straight white cis masculinity, right? Like if that's what makes this story compelling to the people who made it, like, that does not make it compelling to me. However, there the two reasons that I was able to stick with it and make it to the end, despite the fact that it's like shitty special effects, it's super misogynist, it's like really upsetting, whatever, all those things. I think I've been clear about that. The re So the first thing that goes on is that ostensibly part of the horror of the story is that this dude's dad was a Satanist and he's come back and he's like trying to inherit his dad's power. He feels like compelled to come back and move into his dad's house to continue his father's evil work. By the way, when we see the father doing his evil work, all it really seems to be is he's like doing ham radio in a basement full of skeletons and swearing, which when I put it that way, actually that's cool. You know what I mean? Like that's a movie I'm interested in. Who are you talking to on the ham radio? Is it dead people? Is it demons? Like, I guess talking to dead people isn't that interesting to me in my life here because I hang out with so many ghosts in the mall, but it's still something I feel like, you know, I'm interested in seeing in a movie. Um, and, and that was kind of, you hear this main dude who's like, you know, he's like a heavy set dude with a shaved head and big old plugs in his ears. Um, he's like, he's like, I guess I'm back to carry out my father's work and his vocal is like his speech is clearly being run through like a guitar pedal that they use in the band so early on in the movie as, as an aside one person is wearing a shirt that says bedlam 23 and i was like i don't know what that is and then soon after another character is wearing a shirt that says bedlam 23 and i was like oh i bet this is the band of the dudes who made this movie right and so I googled it and then nothing really came up and I, I guess probably Bedlam 23 broke up like 10 or 15 years ago but there was a Wikipedia article on another band that had like a bunch of broken HTML in it which was cool uh, that said that this the band that the Wikipedia article was about um, consisted of former members of this band Bedlam 23 so like nailed it you know um, Anyway, uh, how does that connect? That connects because of the fucking echo pedal on the dude's voice during that weird monologue where he's like sitting in a trip. Anyway, uh, part of the story is that this guy who's returning, he has a daughter. His daughter is, is young. She's probably like four or five or something. Um, and what's supposed to be like, dude, you, wouldn't it be fucked up if there was a movie with a lot of like murder and violence, but there was a little girl in it? And like, first of all, this movie is super misogynist, right? So like, it's fascinating that they would 
and it's not fascinating. I mean, it's predictable that they would posit the like pre-pubescent girl as innocent and therefore like more shocking to have involved in this stuff. Um, and so that's like not really surprising, but where they sort of inadvertently introduce narrative tension for me is that it seems pretty clear that the scenes that this little girl are in are not scenes where the actress, the girl who's playing the little girl, is interacting with any of the gore or blood or like the sex that happens over a mutilated body in a bathtub or whatever. Um, it's like, is the, the tension comes from like, is there gonna be a scene where they put this fucked up shit in front of the poor girl who's playing this character, right? And you don't find out until the end, like, spoilers, good news, it doesn't seem like they had that young girl exposed to these things, which feels like <sighs> a pretty serious relief, because I can joke about that being narrative tension, but really it would actually be super upsetting if this girl, but instead they clearly filmed her scenes like separate from those things. At one point, I think she does some swearing, which is supposed to be shocking, but I feel like actually like, kids need to learn to swear like you want to know how to swear so that wasn't super shocking um the other thing that was compelling was sort of like right so that's the first aspect of like inadvertent narrative tension that they introduced was will this girl like will i end up feeling legitimately upset about this girl having seen fucked up shit and and I don't the second thing is is when are we gonna get to the I can't even remember the fucking name what is this movie the gateway meat is that what it's called so is being like okay this all sucks but it's gonna end and we're gonna see the meat gateway to hell right that's like again it's really unclear what's going on what's the mechanism by which this happens it seems like just a bunch of shitty dudes like sitting around uh murdering women and doing drugs but Maybe they've been saving their entire special effects budget for like a killer final like minute or two where we see a gateway made up of like human body meat that is gonna be awesome, right? And we're gonna be stoked about it. Spoiler, nope, there's no fucking gateway. There's no fucking meat gateway to hell in this movie. You wanna know how it ends? Apparently, some of the guys died uh, and then they like, it's it's so what's the opposite of taut it's so just like the narrative is so saggy that you're just watching stuff happen and really quickly it stops being like shocking you're just like okay there's another person covered in blood that they're saying is fucking you know dead or whatever um it culminates in the guy's daughter the little girl shooting someone they're like encouraging her to shoot someone and i think it might be the developmentally disabled guy from earlier in the movie that they have her shooting so like that's upsetting, but like she's not on the same frame, like she's not in the frame with the dude that she's shooting, so really like they just filmed it with this like dad and mom figure helping this girl shoot a gun. She's like, fine, you know what I mean? Like I guess it would be upsetting if I gave a fuck about literally anyone here except for the actress playing this little girl, um, but I don't. And so, yeah, there's no fucking gate. This movie sucks. Alright truck nuts, alright dick enthusiasts, that's the end of the episode and as the world gets worse every day, don't forget we get to be okay while these fascists choke on the fruit of the hate that they braid till their lives are the only thing keeping them warm while they're chained to their bricks on the floor of the bay.
first song was by hers. This one is by Tender Defender. Please be gayer. Please figure out a way to be more trans for me. Abenaki people who are still here and who have been here for at least 12,000 years longer than anyone of European descent.